2: Mmm, that is a very nice tangerine pilsner from Indeed. Hellbent Brewing Company.
1: Ooh, it's almost orange juice, but it's almost pilsner.
2: It is very orange having a good
1: time over here.
2: <laughs> it's almost like a mimosa. Ah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Which I like very much. Here we are, talking more movies. Three very different movies today.
1: Very different. Um, yeah, just kind of happened, didn't it?
2: It did. Uh, we got a couple new releases. One classic.
1: We had two movies fall apart on us, with their announced release dates and when they're actually being released, so this is where we are, without the Nightingale.
2: That's right, but we'll get to that one, no doubt. But today we have Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, The King of Comedy, from one Martin Scorsese, and our third title is
1: Share. I don't recall the creator's name, but I know it is her directorial mm. debut for a feature film.
2: And a good one, I believe it is writer director Pippa Bianco.
1: That sounds right, Pippa. Yep, I was Pippa. Thinking Pippa, the, not the sure. Curious case of Pippa Lee, maybe. Oh, got it. Um, but first, as always, as professionals, we have first impressions. We have first impressions of Honey Boy and Mindhunter Hunter season two. Which do you want to get to first?
2: Let's check out Honey Boy.
1: The red band trailer.
0: What am I being arrested for? What am I being arrested for, huh? You think you're hot? Because you don't know how good I am at what I do. I see you. Contra real hard. Be a 12-year-old. Pie fight. It's
1: not a
2: pie fight.
0: Think it through. What's your mother got a job for? Just in case. In case what? I don't In case you fail. In case it don't work out. Yes, man. She's filling your head full of fear. I pump you full of strength. Because we're on a team, and I know you got what it takes. You're a star, and I know it. That's why I'm here. I'm your cheerleader, Honey Boy.
1: Oh, boy. That's Honey Boy.
2: That is the trailer for Honey Boy, starring Shia LaBeouf and written by Shia LaBeouf. I did not realize that. Were you aware of that?
1: Yes, that's why I was excited for this. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, yep. Uh, I know I go against the grain, but I think Shia LaBeouf is a, a real artistic talent. That means everything that it comes with. Is he crazy? Absolutely. Is he nuts? 100%. Is he good at telling stories and very committed to telling those stories? Yes, he is.
2: I liked Shia LaBeouf quite a bit in American Honey. That's usually the first thing that comes to mind when I think about him at this stage of the game. Um, First reaction here is that maybe I just don't quite buy what he's going for, but it's the trailer. Like I'm willing to grant it that like in the real deal you know i'll i'll fall into it um him as the uh as a father type his father um pardon it's his life oh that i did not know this it's is a autobiographical bi- it's like
1: an autobiographical screenplay uh, he's playing it, his it. father
2: oh interesting and um, that
1: boy is supposed to be him
2: got it so there's gonna be uh so there, you don't there you will don't, be don't know, like
1: any of the shia labeouf like
2: stuff Not at all. I'm not familiar with his background beyond him having been on Disney Channel and even Stevens, a masterpiece of a show. There's a very
1: good, like, extensive interview um, that he did, I think, at the beginning of this year. I'll I'll try to look it up for you. I don't know if it was The New Yorker. It might have been, like, The Sun or, like, something random, you know, but he he did, like, a a legit sit-down interview like talked about how it was uncomfortable for him to be in the interview and like mm. actually like was opened up and was honest about some stuff instead of just putting up the walls it was a very yep. good interview um very reminiscent of that brendan Fraser interview that we got earlier mm. this year where brendan not and, uh, not with that one he he was like i broke my body doing these hollywood pictures i because i was doing my own stunts and uh he had like his back fused um and he like hated everything if you look at his like last hollywood pictures like he hated his job and and, um he was going through a bad time in his marriage got divorced like and it's just like these movie stars of the two i think i think about them in the same way these movie stars of the 2000s um go crazy break down and now they're having the rebirth
2: Mm, got it yeah yeah i think those interviews
1: Uh, are like keys to understanding some of their work now
2: yeah yeah Yeah, it sounds really interesting, Um, and I think the pathos is really coming across through the trailer. It looks well-directed.
1: Hedges looks good.
2: Hedges, I I love Lucas Hedges. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was maybe my only um, uh, sort of hesitation, was just whether or not I bought what I was seeing when I looked at him, but um, uh, I'm still, uh, I remain optimistic.
1: I agree. Do you want to watch this for the show?
2: I think so. Does this have a release date? I can't remember.
1: I think we saw a release date, but it I didn't don't know register. if it's firm. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to come out some point this year. All right, now let's do uh, Mindhunter Season 2, yes? Let's
2: check that.
0: W- w- what's it all about? She had someone else's underwear stuffed down her throat. It's 10.30. Do you know where your children are? This is one predator. What if you're wrong? I'm not. You arrogant, self-serving twerp. We can't have tunnel vision, Holder. What well. evidence is there to suspect the clan? Son, we've got 19 dead black children. You telling me that's a coincidence? One more thing. Manson is small, like really small. Try not to stare.
1: Let's go hunting for mines,
2: Michael. We just watched the trailer for Mindhunter Season 2, the much-anticipated Season 2. Uh, what do you think? Yes. You're on board. Mm-hmm. You like Season 1? Ready mm-hmm. for more. Yes. Yeah, me um. too. <laughs> uh, looks like a pretty clear continuation of Season 1, in terms of tone, style, story. Um, Holden. Yeah. Great um, to see a little
1: Amatorv there again.
2: Yeah, I don't know that anything surprised me. That's not a complaint. It just looks like a pretty um,
1: looks like solid a continuation. Fincher. Yeah, it,
2: it, kind of exactly what I would have expected. Um, I remember very little from season one. I will definitely need a refresher. Um, but uh looks promising. We're going to cover it, yes? I think so.
1: At least a, a At least couple of episodes?
0: It.
2: Yeah, no doubt. No awesome. Doubt. To the films. First up this week... We have scary stories to tell in the dark.
1: Some people believe if we repeat stories often enough, they become real. What's that? It's your book of scary stories.
2: Do you know how to pronounce this director's last name? Andre. Overdahl. Overdoll. Andre Overdoll. Overdahl. Mm. We know him from the autopsy of Jane Doe. Mm-hmm. Did you see Troll Hunters? I did not. Oh, I've okay.
1: been meaning to watch his short film Tunnel In as well. Mm. Or The Tunnel. Um,
2: I'm not familiar with that
1: one. I think it's like nineteen minutes, eleven minutes. It's a short film that he did. Um it's considered very to be one of the best short films out of Europe in the decade, oh. I think. Wow. Um and it's like what got him on the map to do troll hunters mm-hmm. and those types of things. So
2: Got it. Got it. Um I got the sense you were uh, quite excited for this one because of del Toro's attachment to the project. I was affiliation anticipatory. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I had an expectation based on what del Toro means. I did not realize that the what is it? The cha-cha-cha or cha-cha-cha-cha. I don't remember how many chas there are. Um, mm. That's the Alejandro Inartu um, God, what's his other, other last name? Gonzalez? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Del Toro and uh, Cuaron's production company. Mm. I thought that either oh, that would it. be attached or his um, his other production company that he makes uh, the um, DreamWorks series on Netflix with. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, it starts with an M, I think. Like, Marada Films or something. For the Marada production company. I thought that one of those two would be attached. Like, I thought that he would actually, like, be involved. And when right, you look at right. the credits, it's produced by, not executive produced by, and then it's story for screen by. Right. He's right. not even the most recent writer on the project.
2: Right. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, I guess I can kind of, uh, I can kind of feel his touch here in certain ways, but, um, I, uh,
1: barely, wouldn't, I just, wouldn't just really, at the base level of the narrative,
2: I wouldn't really go so far as to say, if someone likes El Toro, they're going to be into this, right? I Definitely say not. I this is, if anything, um, going to uh lead people leave people disappointed if that's what they came for. Yes,
1: yes. As someone who loves Del Toro and left disappointed. I can agree with these statements.
2: So I think that's where we're at. Disappointed.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's it's actually like a pretty clean flick though. Like it looks fine. The CG's not good, but director wise, like, it's fine. Now what's happening in the frame is boring as fuck. And the performances are like Fine, but what they're because they're asked to do stupid shit. They're fine, but like, yeah, it's it's just stupid. But it looks fine,
2: right? Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a decent looking movie, and there are some scenes that I thought were pretty effective. Yeah. Um,
1: cool use of front and background. I think when they're in the house and they show the spider, and then in the background we see them navigating.
2: Yeah, it was a good
1: yeah. good depth of frame shot.
2: Yeah, yeah, I thought there were two scenes in particular that were that I found. Quite spooky. One being the finale, where we do see the this ghost who has been sort of the. Uh,
1: oh, I was uh, so exhausted I couldn't really. you were out of it by yeah. that
2: point. I I was pretty spooked during that final confrontation. I also thought the scene where one of the boys is being uh, uh, the the lady without the toes coming after him.
1: Yeah, the bed scene I thought was very well edited. Yeah, yeah. Put it that way.
2: Yeah, um, he cut the music right, uh, you know, as we see that doorknob turn, um, and you don't hear anything really except for some creaks until the face is actually coming, you know, tearing out from under the bed like a bad out hell. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty solid. Um, the Scarecrow didn't do a lot for me. Harold, um, yeah. I liked the pale lady in the red room. However, I kind of feel like those those two scenes are kind of doing the exact same trick. Right where each time the kids turn it around, you know the the there. Oh, it's there. the same. Um, it's the same. Yeah, I was a little uh, um, taken aback by like just how uh, much of a repeat it was. And I was like, I was kind of ready for that to be my favorite scene. And I was like, wait, I kind of feel like I've already seen this. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I feel like it has its pleasures, but uh,
1: I think my favorite scene is when we haven't actually encountered anything <laughs> yet. Like when when they're in the house and like one boy scares the other boy, ah, like like got that's, that got
0: you.
1: It, it didn't quite get it. It it interacted with us, letting us know that it hadn't scared us yet. It it was almost a fourth wall break, you know, where it's like, we know you're here to get scared, and the way that it was shot, and the way that it, and then us, like like the boy chasing the the other boy, kind of like us chasing. The the camera, the movie, like it just it felt like a great um, communication to the audience.
0: Mm. Like I
1: felt like the director really had a handle on what he was making up to that point. And then mm. after that, I felt like it all went to like just disingenuousness where he's mm. just trying to complete each short story segment
2: as it's written. Ah. Disingenuous. That's even harder than I think would have gone. Um, I I mean, I th- I guess it felt sincere for me, just ineffective.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, not saying he's disingenuous. I'm just yeah. saying, like, the communication of these original stories,
0: mm.
1: the version we're getting is disingenuous from the original version of mm. these stories. Like, whatever gotcha. happened between the two brothers that wrote the screenplay that Yermo adapted from the stories that the director interpreted, like, something got lost along the way. Like, the mm. same spirit yeah. of those stories is not there anymore.
2: Yeah. Like, there's nothing yeah. linking them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I never got the sense that this thing was really net was ever gathering much momentum. Because we're kind of moving from, uh, one short story, if you will, from one to the next. Um, I really just didn't find the kids very interesting. Um, Agreed. Uh, felt uh, well, like
1: a rehashed version of it.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I really just couldn't tell you anything. Uh, very interesting, especially about some of the boys. Like this, the. The girls, I, I kind of like the young girl. Um, the actress who She was who interesting her. at
1: first. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but uh, I I I don't think they they just really become like a, an interesting.
1: They um, they go they start as like the possibility of complex,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: turn into cardboard two dimensional characters by the end, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Thought um I forget the actor's name who plays her dad um from Breaking Bad.
1: Uh, Dean Norris.
2: Yeah, I thought the relationship dynamic there was a total failure that did not work for me at all i think
1: Um, i think that it started with the possibility of working and then it just fell apart and i think that when i was looking at the credits and i saw dean norris's stand-in i knew that um that's why he probably had one shooting day (laughs) (laughs) or something like that like he's got better shit to do than like this
2: (laughs) yeah um the period did that do anything for you? I mean,
1: yeah, it starts out uh, with me thinking, okay, King, Stand by Me, like this is this is the era that Stephen King owns. This is his property, as far as I'm concerned. Like if I see something taking place in the '60s, '70s, or '60s or early '70s, late '50s even, um, in this type of tone, it's just got King's thumbprint all over it. So yeah. I mean, it started strong, and then it just went. It took just cheap cardboard cutouts of, like, things. Like, it pretended to be politically savvy. It pretended to be mm. race savvy. It, like, it fails on all these things that it tries to touch on instead of just trying to do one thing well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it just spreads itself a little thin, I guess. Um,
1: that happens when you have that many stories without a real way of seeing them all connecting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, like, the the thematic aims of it really are just kind of like not in sync with what the plot is actually doing in a way like part of this was about like facing your fears right they're each you know kind of recounting these like nightmares they've had which then are then are kind of materializing but for me that wasn't really like the thematic point like that doesn't really have anything to do with for me like with what's going on like it could have
1: but they they create they didn't they didn't do it right
2: right yeah right, like there um, there
1: is a way of saying like the stories we tell ourselves create the monsters around us. there is yeah. a way to make mm-hmm. that story um they didn't do that,
2: yeah, they didn't um,
1: do I, I I don't know what they did, they fucked up, that's
2: yeah. what they did, yeah, yeah, the it's idea that i that I ultimately saw it kind of running with was about like uh like uh, the importance of you know, setting records straight via storytelling, right? Like, the town had this uh, idea in its mind about what this young girl um, had done, and um, this young main character we follow ultimately sort of reveals the truth. Um, you, you know, you see her...
1: Sort of um, something like accurate reporting, not, it's not like censoring It's journalism,
2: reality. not really storytelling, yeah. right? You see her typing on a typewriter... And like I immediately thought, like, oh, is she going to be the next, you know, Woodrow Bernstein? Right, Watergate right around the corner, um, you know, you know, something about, uh, um, yeah, getting at the truth of things. Right, these kids are digging for the truth of what happened, um, which just doesn't really sink at all with like facing your fears. I was like, I feel like these are like on two different tracks. At the and and like the
1: fact that you know, true happiness sometimes comes from like agreed upon lies. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, like, all definitely. good
1: relationships are built in understandings of, like, delusion. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Like, um, we're
1: going to pretend that your stress doesn't come home with you, I'm going to pretend my stress doesn't come home with me, we're going to have a good time over here, then we're going to go be stressed out again separately, and then we're going to come back... Like, there's there's a lack of honesty to its message.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That um, stands in stark contrast to our next title.
2: Mm,
1: because I that agree. that is... that That's a good way to that end it. That is a things. different story.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, and I kind of felt like there was this, for me, this uncomfortable tension between this wanting sometimes to just be an R-rated movie, um, which Mm -hmm. I also really wanted. Um, I kind of felt that way when the jock gets... gets I was just gonna, I was thinking
1: that, but I was like, I don't want to interrupt him. Right? I was like, yeah,
2: okay. On one hand, is it kind of creative that he's turned into a scarecrow? More often, or more than that, I was just thinking... That's one way to not show blood. Uh, yeah. And uh,
1: and the way that, that it bad. ends is so bad. Like, they fucked up with the CG so bad in this goddamn movie. Like, mm. just so bad. Like, it looks really cool at first. He gets stabbed. We kind of see hay stick out during the first stab, and we're like, what's going on? And he starts pulling at it, and that's great. That, like, almost looks practical. Like, I'm, I'm good with that. Like, that feels great. Like, have him fall down and turn into straw or something, like... Make it make it as practical as you can, but they stick with these strong visceral um camera angles that are hard cuts between them, mm. and it looks good at first, and then by the end, when he's got straw coming out of him, there's like c g imposed like dark veins and like him looking like he's aging, and it just looks terrible and then they repeat that with the c g creatures the c g spiders, like other than the pale woman, everybody else looked terrible,
2: yeah, the yeah. tall woman looked terrible. Woman. Yeah, she didn't look great. What about pale did, or pale lady? Do you like her? I kind of like. Yeah. Maybe it's more the idea of that character, kind of just like the design. Maybe that's what responding to more. No,
1: I love yeah. the character design. Reminds. I think that I've actually seen like an early sketch. It looks a lot like a sketch that Yermo did, because um, yeah. Yermo sketches. I think almost every day he has like a sketch journal, um, and it looks a lot like his version of the pale lady, if I remember correctly. Um, God, what is that? The Cabinet of Curiosities or something that he published. Mm. Um, with a lot of his uh, art design no look I mean it's a great creature that just always is getting closer to you no matter what you do Um, Mm -hmm. it's very much of that it follows vein, just Mm -hmm. a different style of it and it doesn't speak it doesn't even seem evil Um, you die through absorption and hugging like it's a it's a very neat creature yeah Yeah. Uh, and it was given short shrift
2: I would agree. That, would, that scene was a little bit of a letdown. Like I, I, still one of the better ones, I guess, relatively speaking, but uh, still not quite what like I was
1: Like there's a, there's just a better way to do everything they did. You know, like, he's mm-hmm. in the hospital, he runs across the hallway, have him run across the hospital mm-hmm. into the psych ward on accident, mm-hmm. accidentally get locked into the psych ward, and then, like, not be able to escape the pale
2: woman. Yeah, I was even just confused. I'm like, why is he just, like, bolting off like this? Like, there was something just about the mechanics of it that didn't even feel right. There's a lack Uh, of dialogue to, like, the
1: under... Like, we're just supposed to think these kids are best friends? Like, it it just doesn't work. It doesn't build anything. Um, It tries to be a TV show in the size of a movie, I guess is what Mm. I would say.
2: Yeah, I forget who reviewed it for the New York Times, but their complaint was about the uh, girl who gets the spider popped out of her cheek, and how he was so frustrated because he was so ready for that to happen on stage. Like, how do you set us up for the Bye Bye Birdie play and then take it into the bathroom? Um, you know, just, like, the the easier of two options, right? Like, that could have been a, a cool set piece. Yeah. Um,
1: but it would have still looked bad because the spiders look terrible.
2: True. I mean, I guess I would take, like, messy ambition over, like, the safe choice. Um, I agree. I just don't
1: think it was a safe choice. It was a bad choice. <laughs> True. Well uh, while the images look clean, what happens in the images in post edits are are just it's bad. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, that uh brother sister relationship, you know, it's just the kind of thing where there's there's really nothing specific about like it what starts out strong too.
1: Fishing out turds. Yeah. It's all <laughs> breaks. Uh um, she's dating like the bad guy, you know, like like it starts out with the possibility of going strong.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, doesn't quite get there. Um, Ever? I definitely felt like it was aimed for for a younger audience than I kind of realized. Yeah. um,
1: uh, Also aimed for a sequel.
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, I would defer to the thirteen and fourteen year olds see what they think. I mean, it it really does. Yeah, I defer to like
1: capitalism to Mm. let us know if this was a worthwhile exercise in filmmaking. I didn't like it. I don't think most adults will like it. Um, I experienced walkouts, quite a few. Did you have any?
2: I did not. No. Problem. I
1: had about five, Four. and no one walked out until the last like thirty, last twenty, last fifteen minutes. And then once once we're in the house, everyone just like got up and started leaving. They're just like, I don't care
2: when we go back to
1: that house. Yeah, they're like, I
2: don't care. Yeah, that I just was, don't uh, when we first go to the house, that was a big exposition dump from yeah. the young girl just telling us the entire history of the Bellows family. I was like, God, even like the young audience would be like, this is just boring, right? Like, mm-hmm. just give me the monster. That's what I'm here for. Um, just clunky. Uh, bummer. Mm-hmm. Hopefully
1: Overdall does something good next. I definitely think he's got a promising eye. I'd just like to see maybe a James Wan collaboration with with him. Um, get himself back on track. But yeah, let's share what we think about share. I
0: do know what happened. I never would have left you like that. We both know that those charges are bullshit. Bullshit? Uh, nobody made me get drunk. Nobody made me drunk. So go what? Who gives a shit what you did? He thinks this is not normal. How things like this happen to someone every day i don't want help i just want to know what happened
2: we're talking about writer director people bianco's debut feature film Mm -hmm. really it's an hbo title it's on streaming on hbo it's also a 24 um
1: it's also good
2: it's very good i really like this a lot uh what about you
1: I don't know if I like it a lot just because of the subject matter. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know that I ever like things like that a lot when they're in, in this tone, and the end isn't like revenge's end where, you know, the offenders just get brutally murdered and I feel good about it. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I really like the direction I, and I really like the, um, the character building that she does Mm. in this screenplay screenplay wise it's not too strong Mm. um but what she does with her characters and how loud she lets them get and while Mm. being honest like honest loud instead of just loud for Nicolas Cage reasons or Al Pacino reasons like actually loud for a good reason is
2: great yeah I would agree um yeah hard one to say that you outright like but I would say I really responded to it yes um uh, I thought there was a lot of thoughtful restraint to it. Um I, I uh, for me, thought it was a little too stylish for its own good at times. Part of what that meant for me had to do with the color. So I don't know if maybe that's why it didn't strike you so much. But it does have this really vivid kind of neon lighting scheme that sometimes I wonder, oh. like, is this really contributing to... The, the tone of the thing.
1: I didn't sometimes, that. Uh, it sometimes
2: okay. it just looks uh, like it's a really pretty shot um that in a way was like almost kind of felt like a concession because of how sort of hard it was to watch otherwise it's like well at least it's very nice to look at which it is um but i don't know that it was always like super conducive kind of to the feel of it um do
1: you think that it wasn't conduce it to it or you just think that you don't know
2: it was distracting sometimes like
1: like in a bad way or, or like in a way where like you're where maybe it's like making you think more about it
2: i think it was just outright distracting sometimes okay. like for example i'll give you two examples one was um when she's this young girl is uh in her bedroom and there's a quick cut to a shot of like her iguana and a tank mm-hmm. and it's just like brilliantly lit um, it, it kind of stuck out to me as a, co- like a composition that didn't have any weight to it. Um, okay. that looked very co- sort of like manicured again, super specific detail, but they kind of accrue. The other one was when she's in class and they're watching a Western mm-hmm. in the computer lab. Yep. And like all of the computer screens have this like, um, Screen saver extravagant round. screensaver, um, you know, uh, playing on the screens. Um, uh, which I'm like, it didn't even really make sense to me. I'm like, why would you watch a Western that are with 20 screensavers right in front of your eyes? Um, I just felt like there were there were these little stylistic moments that I didn't feel like were really enhancing the tone. They were kind of distracting it. See, but...
1: that's where I found like, some juiciness. Like, really? Like, what what could she mean? I don't know that she meant something hmm. by having those screensavers on, but like, could she have meant something?
2: In general, yes. The thematic justification that I did try and lean into was that when she goes to these uh, therapy sessions and she's looking at that little device that emits light in mm-hmm. hopes of helping like, jog her memory, it's emitting that same kind of neon light. So the idea that I kind of went with was that um, this light we're seeing everywhere is sort of an indication of her you know, constantly trying, hoping to remember something. So that she can find, she can put this behind her, right? It's the idea that this is about memory, and that light, like, because it's associated with this device, is um, associated with that effort to remember. Um,
1: I I think that I I also have an idea of just a very simple phrase of um, seeing something in a different light. Mm. I think that that just phrase works mm. a lot for me in this film with some of the choices that are made. Um, I don't know if I'm right, but there, I think in the beginning we have just like a dark surface, almost like a dark vinyl or a leather surface,
0: where there's just very, like very a shot. light
1: going back and forth on it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: and that, that happens again, um, with a different surface that is very similar in its darkness and it, it's, um, it's, I guess, matte color of, mm-hmm. of darkness and the way that it absorbs the light. And I thought that was just like. It it's it's made me think about uh, the morality of the people in this picture, mm. like it, because it's it's complex. It's a it's a very complex thing. Like we're talking about rape. Like was was she raped? I, I don't know how how to categorize that mm. because what we see in the cell phone is a video that makes us very uncomfortable but we don't know if that other kid was drunk too or like, it, it's just weird because we, we end up thinking, um, Charlie, gosh, what's his name? Charlie. Um, plumber. Pl- oh, he's also, he's a plumber. Okay. Yeah. So we got Christopher Plumber and we got Charlie. Plummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Charlie Plummer, he's like, I immediately want to be like, he's a rapist. And then, it, mm. because I know that she's drunk, but then I don't know that he wasn't drunk either. Yeah. Um, So it's just, it's a weird thing where it's, you know, like it's fucking uncomfortable. And I I Mm. like that about the movie that it's uncomfortable and that her mom has a way that she wants it to go. Her dad has a way that he wants it to go. She Mm. doesn't know what to do or how to feel about it. And then by the end, she kind of, she makes her own choice about what she thinks is best for her. And I love that. That's like what we were missing in the souvenir was like real agency and ownership of like who you are as a person. And she decided that who she was was someone that isn't gonna share this specific thing. This is hers, this is private, and it's not other people's business to make sense of, it's hers. Yeah. And yeah. what she chooses to do with it is totally up to her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't read the ending with quite as much ambiguity as I think you did. I, I didn't at
1: first, um, and then I like I sat with it and I was like, all right, well, I'm being very uncharitable. Like I'm just on this girl's side. Like, just complete bias. Like, I was 100% like, he's he's a rapist. Then I was like, yeah. okay, well, what do I actually know? I, d- I don't know much.
2: I felt comfortable concluding that if she was drunk, she cannot provide her her, own, her consent.
1: I agree. I No, I, I that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, I agree with that, and I feel like it's, like, I emotionally feel like it's rape, but I also don't know enough about the facts to say that. Like, I can't factual, like, do you know that Charlie Plummer was sober? Because if you do and you can tell me, then I get to know, then I get to have a firm side. But as I thought back to what I knew about the night, I thought that he was drinking too and like all that stuff.
2: I mean, I guess I didn't put that much thought into it. To me, it was kind of beside the point, like the the point at a broader level. It was about something having happened to her that she could not consent to regardless yeah. of whether he's drunk or not. Um, and how it coming out only sort of further, uh, strips her of her agency, right? Um, she clearly just wants to so badly like recede from everything that's going on once this has happened. Um, and, uh, the sort of like miserable irony that, uh, the, like, uh, pursuit of justice in this kind of situation can be like just as miserable if not more so than yeah. the act itself um so yeah I mean I guess yeah I would agree it is you know like that much more complicated if both people are drunk um
1: well it's the, it's the fine line of consent because that's what she, that's the line she tells her dad is she loves fooling around with boys mm. she's done it for years I love that detail like, yeah. like like the way that that conversation goes down and the way that he like He's like, that's fine. That's, like, exactly how I would feel. Like, I'm not the happiest with your choices, but you chose those. You didn't choose yeah. this. And then, like, where, where is the fine line of consent in this situation? That's what mm-hmm. makes it such a complex story where, like, I'm, all, I'm emotionally on her side. If I have to have a rational argument about, like, mm-hmm. is this kid a rapist? i I can't factually prove that to myself, so it's it's just it's a very rich um subject matter like it's it's just so complex that I think that that the way that it ends is is the only way that you can really make a statement where it's like it's her decision it's rape mm-hmm. if she decides it's rape it's um it's worth pursuing if she decides it's worth pursuing if she decides it's not worth pursuing and it's rape then that's like Whatever she decides is true, and she doesn't tell us. She just deletes it and doesn't reply to him, which kind of tells me that like it broke her trust, and that's as much as I can say. Like their their relationship is over. He broke her trust, um,
2: and she's going to own her own identity from now on in a in a new way. Yeah, it, I just a very different reading for me. I mean, for me, the the takeaway of that little twist was that in these situations, it can sometimes be just who you least expect it to be. Um, oh, it had really? less to do with the ambiguity of it. I mean, for as far as I, I know, it, it doesn't matter whether or not a guy is drunk. So long as the girl, as long as a woman is drunk and she she cannot consent and a man is responsible for whatever he does while inebriated, um, I don't know that I would have, uh, cut him any slack for, for having been drunk.
1: I mean, I think that that is the rule on, like, certain college campuses and stuff. I just, I don't know how much morality that actually holds. No, 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 no. I'm, Let's I, cut I, that. I, I, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's extremely complex when we're talking about people no longer having agency. Yeah. When, yeah. when you imbibe on liquids or drugs, hallucinogens, et cetera, and you're no longer in cognitive control of your identity and your choices. I, I don't know how we say that one person's more culpable than another person. I understand yeah. the emotional argument where men should take responsibility um for that yeah. thing, but then there's a feminist argument against saying that men aren't better than women, like you don't get to have more agency than than we do and more responsibility it's a it's a complex thing. there isn't a right answer. I'm just saying I don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like while I emotionally agree with what what you said i don't I don't know that those are true moral things that bear out over a long timeline. Like there's a, there's a very, we're talking about things with boundary conditions. Like, like it's a very fine line. What, because she's getting inebriated and having willful sex with these people. We don't know that beforehand. Yeah, we do know that. That's what she says to her dad, that she's, she likes partying and hooking up with guys and that stuff. So yeah. we know that yeah. like previously her behavior was one way or like, like, like she's been making some decisions similar to that. And then it's yeah. like, th- then something happened against her will ostensibly. And that it's the fine line of, of, of um, like how much ownership does she have for her choices before that um, leading up to that. Um. It right. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. Like you don't want to say that she has anything to do with it because then, you're you're pointing the finger and, and blaming her, and you don't want to do that. But it's like it's just so rich.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I just don't like the idea that you, um, that people aren't responsible for what they do while inebriated. Right. I don't think if you can't control yourself, then you probably shouldn't drink. No. I, and it sounds like she was just basically passing out, and the kid took advantage of. It.
1: Well, that's, like, that's what like the video
2: fashion. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, it is complicated, right? You're right. If there's anything this conversation has proved, it is that.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you, you, I mean, there's no way that the sentences we've said aren't offensive to nearly everyone in some manner at some point. Just because these are such divisive moral things, and because they're moral, they're very complex because morals don't actually last outside Mm -hmm. of certain situations they're things we create they're not actually i'm
2: pretty willing to say that a woman can't a man or a woman can't consent to something when they're blacked Uh, oh
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but then the thing right so it's just a different way of looking looking at like projected future or whatever but it's like okay well that's true but what about in 200 years when we can like make sure that we program certain allowances in our behavior before we go out, mm. you know, like, like eventually these moral lines that we have now, they'll mm. look different. It's all going to change again. Right. Because like the, the relationship between men and women was very different. 2000 years ago mm. it was very different. 120 years ago, it's going to be very different in 300 years. So like these moral truths now exist now in certain situations and they're going to change. Um, yeah. And trying to figure out where we're at right now in a movie like this is so great that that they let her go through this complex emotion and then make cho- make her choice and then end it with, like, her owning it however she chooses
2: to. Yeah, I was, like, really nervous and kind of crossing my fingers that they weren't going to, like cut to black and be like, what do you think she did? I like yeah. that it gives her that back. Like it finally mm-hmm. gives her some control back in, in, in this situation. That was very satisfying. Um, I think it kind of gets the phone thing, right? Like the first scene where she's chatting with people and people are like, it's a friend saying, Oh my God, are you okay? Can you believe that video? That's like a decent length like, shot. Yeah. Just no, that the, was good. I thought that back as well. And forth between the conversations. That was nice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like if we've seen some other movies try stuff like where you see the text come on screen or something like that. Searching I like right? this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, or in the shallows with Blake Lively, you know, some, in some of her texting conversations, yes. it just like popped up on screen, yeah. like a little.
1: I think on the left side, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I kind of like just showing the phone. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at my phone. Yeah, uh, that's it's pretty much familiar to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there can be real tension in that. I thought that was actually pretty nice. Uh. Um, what did
1: you think about the, um, the mom, like, taking over?
2: Ah. Uh, um. It was, uh, uh, I mean, I, I completely understand what the parents are wanting to do here. I think it's really just so, um, hard to watch, um, her have to, like, take a backseat in her own story. Right. Um. Uh. I don't know that I, I completely loved the actress who played the mom. I don't know if that performance totally worked for me. Uh, but I but I kind of liked the, the, the angle that it was exploring.
0: Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it added another mor- morality, another philosophical layer. It's, you know, the, the, what does she say? Your dad didn't know this ex- this existed. um, And something to the effect that, like, she knows what to do. She can do this for her, right? And, and so I think we're supposed to assume that she is not naturally born in America to right those wrongs that she experienced in her homeland potentially, Mm. or Mm. that um, that maybe the house that she grew up in in America still had those bad ideas. Like something like that, where it it was like it was taking the history and saying the history that you have is who you are. Like she was telling her daughter, this is who you are instead of letting her let it be what it is to her. Yeah. Like it just, it, it added another layer of complexity. Yeah, I, I like mm-hmm. just how many stacks of layers of complexity that it has, especially yeah. when you yeah. find out that AJ, the the fucking, like, the, the piece of shit, actually didn't do the worst thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I might be reading this more open-endedly endedly than I should, just because I don't remember the exact kind of, like, words of that little monologue the mom has like, mm-hmm. in bed. But I think the girl asks, like, do you blame me, or something like that. And in the moment, I wasn't quite sure if she means like, do you blame me for ha- for uh for this having happened, or do you blame me for wanting to hide it for not telling you? Um, I kind of went with the latter. To me, that was like a little more interesting, and that's what she kind of meant when the mom started talking about the dad, and she's like, I get that. Like, I get like from having you know just known other women who have gone through something similar that you don't want to uh you want you want to keep that you don't want to share it. Um, that uh, you don't want to give your your story out to the world, right? When something's already been taken from you, yeah. Um,
1: because then they can take the story and make it in a way that it that it isn't actually, or that it yeah. isn't to her. Yeah. So it's a, it's that weird sense of like who whose is it to to own? Um, mm. Like like what should there be a law where you have to report stuff if if someone feels and they're of sound mind that that they don't want to. Like, it's weird. It's really yeah. fucking weird. Like, this subject is so sensitive and weird, especially right now, that um, it it doesn't handle it with kitty gloves, but it it handles it openly and broadly in, in a really sincere way.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of the things that we didn't see that I kind of liked, uh, having been kind of restrained, were that, like, it sort of implies she's getting texts from other students or people who are sort of mm-hmm. giving her shit for having, you know... Yeah, the way that she's ignoring all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that we don't see any of these, like, you know, terrible texts that are streaming in like we can't imagine.
1: But, but, but we do set. see some moments when she walks up to the um, lunch table and certain mm, girls yeah, get yeah. up and leave. There's just like this undercurrent of like, oof.
2: There's, yeah, some resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's But it's really not sensationalized. No, um, I thought that was a good touch, um, and in general, like I, I'm just kind of impressed with how much the actress does with so little dialogue. I just think the the physical performance is really yeah, I can't emotionally tell suggestive. If
1: this is like a one off where it's like she's really good in this moment, or if she's capable of doing more, mm. um, that was one thing when it when it finished. Like I felt like she completely embodied and was the story, but I don't right. know that as a performer. She has much more to offer than than this one performance.
2: Yeah, it's one where, or it is hard to tell because it is so sort of like recessive. Yeah. Like what 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 happened if you totally did explode? I don't yeah. I have no idea what that would look like. Yeah. So it's hard to imagine. Yeah. Like it, does she have a varied career ahead? Who knows? Because it's so sort of like uh, singularly focused on one kind of mood, which totally works for this. But yeah, it makes it hard to know.
1: So I, I guess we should close out with, with some clear, flat statements to, to make it clear. We do not support rape. <laughs> <laughs> rape is bad.
2: That is uh, agreed. We yes. are
1: just talking about the complexities of uh, the, the boundary conditions of
0: that action in a story like this.
2: Agreed. And it's a good movie.
0: It's a very good. First of all, Miss Long... Thank you very much for your help at the office and for passing this on to Jerry. I appreciate it more than you know. Now, Jerry, before I begin, I just want to thank you for listening to this material and for the opportunity you've given me. You know, lots of people think that guys like you, you know, people who have made it, lose their feeling for struggling young talent, such as myself. But now I know from experience that those people are just cynics, embittered by their own failure. I know, Jerry, that you are as human as the rest of us, if not more so. Oh, well, I guess there's no point going on about it. You know how I feel. So let's get on with the show, the best of Rupert Pupkin. Jerry, I've sketched out this little outline in order to save you a little bit of time, OK? It's a little introduction. So close your eyes, and imagine it's exactly 6 o'clock. You're standing in the wings, and we hear Lou Brown and the orchestra strike up your theme song. And now, from New York, it's the Jerry Langford Show, with Jerry's guest, Richard Pryor, Ben Gazzara, Elizabeth Ashley, Carol Burnett, and the comedy find of the year making his television debut, Rupert Pupkin, the new Rupert. king of comedy. Rupert!
2: i Are hello. you crazy? Say What's the hello matter hello with you?
0: People are sleeping. Lower it. Uh, we'll okay. What's the matter with you?
2: Mom!
0: Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Now, you come on, Jerry, and you do your monologue. And then when the time comes, this is how I see you introducing me. You could say something like this. Will you please give your warmest welcome to the newest king of comedy, Rupert Pupkin.
1: Let's get a little bit more lighthearted. And if you don't want to, I'll make you. I'll kidnap you.
2: Final title of the episode, The King of Comedy from Martin Scorsese. Early 80s. I think it's from 1983, 82, something like so. that. Uh streaming on Prime Video.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh we watched moment. this. We got Scorsese coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. So we got b- a
1: Scorsese we're gonna watch uh, for Doc Talk coming up.
2: We do. Um, seems like Joker might be uh, Referencing King of Comedy to some extent.
1: Yep. Influenced by it. That's what um,
2: we've heard. Yep. I love this movie. What about you?
1: Mm, No. What? Love? No. Mm. Don't love it. Um, Really responded well to it. I think I could love it. I think I'd need to watch it a couple more times and Mm. kind of age with it and see it at different moments. Um, I really like, like it. But Love, that's... It's not a five-star movie for me. It's not a malik. It's not, you know...
2: Yeah, I, I didn't there. get to a five. I haven't logged this one on Letterboxd yet, but I was going to go with four and a half, probably.
1: Okay. I think you were at four? Four, four. yeah. Okay, we're, we're close. 76, 78, somewhere in there. It's it's not on the other side of 80. I know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rupert Pupkin. What do you think of Rupert Pupkin? you like this guy? I, funny? I really enjoy...
1: Funny? this character he's a he's a, a, f, a fun um villainous character who's just trying to make his american dollar in the city of new york and i'll be damned if it didn't work out for him he's
2: trying to make it in the show biz yeah um i think this is a very funny movie i was definitely laughing uh quite often but i think
1: i I was chuckling more here than here laughing
2: complicated yes um, because it is a. Uh,
1: It is a a giggle heist,
2: Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, for me, uh, in the character and the performance, it just really gets right. The tension between him being sort of charming on one hand and kind of goofy but committed, and on the other hand, a little nerve-wracking because he's unpredictable. I mean, the whole time, I'm just not quite sure how deranged he might be and how dangerous he might be. Yes. Uh, Well, at the same time, I'm rooting for him. Um, I I I was really just kind of fascinated with how I identified and related to this character.
1: Yeah, um, kind of a nightcrawler thing. Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really related to Nightcrawler's character or Jake mm-hmm. Hall's character in Nightcrawler.
2: Yeah. Because
1: like he did do a great job. He did. That was just illegal.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's always I've always kind of just randomly had it in my head that this was like a lesser Scorsese. Just,
1: a different uh, Scorsese,
2: different, because no
1: because we classify certain directors as certain things. I think Paul Thomas Anderson's gotten mm. away without being classified. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Todd Haynes gets mm. away without being classified, but almost all other directors, like Linklater, gets classified into a certain style. Um, Soderbergh, we think of a certain style. Fincher, we think of a certain thing. Tarantino, yeah. Nolan, like, there's certain expectations. And Sorsese might have been buried, like, this comedy might have been buried because of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, comedy, just yeah. period. I don't associate with him uh, right off the top. Until
1: of he says a great line That being... in the movie. I don't remember what it is, but it's something to the effect of you have to do what I say, I'm the director.
2: Oh yeah,
1: like because he's actually in the movie, and then yeah, he's walking yeah, around, yeah. and I'm like, "You handsome devil, go yeah, make yeah, this picture." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah. I think my biggest laugh might have been when Rupert is in the waiting room and he's staring up at the ceiling, and um, then she
1: leans forward and looks yeah, up. Yeah, she's like, "What the hell is he looking at?" Yeah,
2: is that cork? Yeah, and it doesn't cut like I kept waiting for it to cut to whatever it is he's looking at. The point being, like, there's nothing to look at. Like, what yeah. is he? What is he doing? Um, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, uh, you know, I don't think this is one of his showier movies in in terms of direction. I think it's a very good looking movie, but it never um, looks bad. You, you kind of think about maybe certain flourishes or tracking shots, right? When when I think of Scorsese, you know, um. You know, I think about like that tracking shot in Goodfellas into the Copa I can't point to anything like that. It's really a performance, um, yeah, that is just killing it here.
1: I uh, I particularly enjoyed um, the scene where he says, um, "Untie me," while mm. she's almost naked, and then for like no reason, she just decides to cut him loose. Well, I think she like, was optimistic. But... It was just, it was so absurd. Like <laughs> very absurd. Like she's. He's taped up, he's stuck, then he demands to be cut loose, at the most absurd time to be, like, cut loose, when she's half-naked. And she's like, okay.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I love how he plays that, though. Like, he is just, like, so, um, like, kind of, like, deadpan almost through it. Just, like, uh, no whiff of panic or Anything like that? Like he is totally calm, just in disbelief that these guys would even try to do this. Um, the you know scene with the uh, no cards. Yes. Right. He's just in disbelief that these are like the most buffoonish criminals who could have kidnapped him. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Upside down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Blank card.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Uh, the ending. Right after he does the final monologue. Mm-hmm. Do you take that all to have been real? or
1: Where he, he goes in to head. jail and then gets and out? Then, and Oh, yeah. I feel like that's real.
2: That's what I thought, too. I definitely thought that was real. And then I was just kind of going back through Wikipedia just to refresh my memory on the plot. And the last line, I think, of the plot summary in Wikipedia is like, and it leaves it open to interpretation if this was in his head or not.
1: That's true. Like, oh, it does because that. of the previous scenes in the film. But like, yeah. At some level, I just didn't want to engage on this with this movie like that. Like I just wanted uh-huh. it to like end and be like a nice thing. Like I didn't, I didn't mm. want to take it with me so much. Like I wanted it to just exist and be nice.
2: Oh yeah, it, it it has definitely stuck with me. I think there was a surprising amount of ambiguity to it for me, and that for me, that's what makes it so interesting. As we go, is just um, how crazy is he? Um, what would he do? To make
1: it to the top, Uh, I I I I, I think while while
2: also reading for him,
1: I think that he's no crazier than anyone else, and he would do what anyone else would do to make it to the top. That's
2: yeah yeah.
1: It's out of the the movies we watched. I think Share was the more philosophically thoughtful Mm. film for me, whereas with this, like you Mm. you can read into what's real, what's not. Is he crazy? But at some level, I just I've already done that with Taxi Driver. I don't want to do that again.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> I want to. I want to just let this be what it is for now in my head. And then next time I watch it, I want it to be something else. I don't want to have thought it out before the next time I watch it. I guess. Like I want to watch it again and be
2: open to a new interpretation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I think I like it that I think it is open to that. It, it's um, one of those movies like, where I can't like, help but think about it. It'll
1: be different when you're older. Yeah. Like, it'll just yeah. be different. I do want to watch some Jerry Lewis pictures, though. Yeah,
2: I, I do think there's there's probably more to be gained if you're, you know, um, older and have had lived through his years and... Um, seen the
1: original Money Professor instead of the Eddie Murphy?
2: Yeah, seen the late-night uh, comedians that Rupert would have watched. Um, I'm not familiar with any of that, really. That
1: oh, reason. really? Um, okay.
2: I mean, I know who Jerry Lewis is, and I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with his work, but, like, yeah, I... I I just would think it would have something more if you did live through this,
1: yeah, um, I mean, if you just watch like familiar the best experience. of the first year of s n l go do some of the the early stand up stuff Amazon Prime actually has a lot of original old stand up, like they have uh mm-hmm. George Carlin's first appearance on s n l and they have like three appearances from him in like the early seventies or late sixties oh, wow. or something, so like you can yeah. you can definitely get your comedy i q heightened on prime right now,
2: so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did think um, about just how wrong this could go, like in different hands. Because I felt like if you weren't quite rooting for him um, to some extent as we go, and you were really just more skeptical of like how uh, deranged he might yeah. be, um, and you were sort of laughing at him instead of with him throughout most of it. Um, when he does finally deliver that monologue, it would suddenly feel like the rug was kind of getting pulled out from under you. That would feel like this could have been kind of condescending, right? Like, oh, yeah. look what you're laughing at. But I really feel like it's smart that we do kind of identify with him. Like, we are um, sort of with him on the climb to the top.
1: It it weirdly feels totally similar for me to Jackie Brown. and mm. the heist, and, like, being on the side of a villain, mm. not knowing, like, if they're really that bad, like, you know, because there there's a decent argument to make that Jackie Brown could, like we don't know that much about her.
2: Yeah, yeah, I already know. know. Um, definitely not black and white characters. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. I
1: saw that. I just saw that heist similarity there. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's a funny movie. I, I it's really, a good I, movie. I really went with it.
1: We'll we'll watch uh, some more Scorsese this year. We'll watch another. Watch this in another decade, maybe check in, see see what we each think about it then. Word. <laughs> Alright, that's it for now.
2: That's a wrap. Run! Go!
0: Get to the chopper! We have to go. I'm coming with you.
2: That was brilliant.
1: You're the best and we love you! You know what that means, Michael.
2: That's another one in the can, folks.